Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Cole, and I will be your host for today's podcast. I am the founder and CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, a company that is focused on building out effective security roadmaps that actually work to protect an organization. In today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Lewis, CEO of Calamu, and we're going to explore the next generation of data protection. But before we jump into it, Paul, welcome to the show. And can you give us a little background of your experience in this space and what Calamu does? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Eric. Eric, and first, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And uh, yeah, really, really appreciate the opportunity here to meet with you and connect with you on a really important topic. So look, I'm in cybersecurity. I've been in cybersecurity my entire career, all the way back when it was called information security, if you can remember that back to that time. And I've been an expert witness in data forensics and incident response over the years, I've had the opportunity to meet with uh, and consult with multinational corporations that have suffered through a data breach uh, and really have worked with literally hundreds of companies that have gone through a data breach and helped identis- identify what happened, why it happened, how it happened, and how to prevent it. And look, the problem is just getting worse, right? I mean, here we are today, and the problem just continues to escalate. We're all vulnerable, and that's why I started Calamu. So I'm the founder and CEO of Calamu, a company that is a next-gen data protection company, trying to make the cyber world safer for everybody. Well, we're glad you're here, and we're glad you uh, started the company because we need a lot of help in this area. So, so let, let's jump in and sort of demystify what's going on with threats today. Because you know when you read the news, you hear a lot of people talking about all these crazy threats and trying to scare people. But if we just break it down, what are really the biggest threats to data today that organizations have to worry about? You know, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of stats out there. But one thing is for sure, the problem is getting worse, right? So we've got all of these protective measures in place that just don't seem to be eliminating the problem. Uh, In fact, cyber attacks have grown 600% just over the last two years. And attacks are just so disruptive to business. Some of them you hear in the news, some of them you don't. Some are kind of explained in a way that the the problem is not as big as as, uh, we think it is. But it really is a bad situation that we're in. You know, at this rate, cybercrime is going to cost us $10.5 trillion by 2025. And we're all we're all in this, right? We're all exposed. Uh, Accenture recently did a study, and I think they said 14% of businesses are not prepared to defend themselves, or only 14% are prepared to defend themselves if there's a cyber attack. So the most of us, the vast majority of us, are really vulnerable. And I think I know the answer to this, but I'll give you a little bit of a loaded question. There are some people out there that sort of talk about cybersecurity, as this zero-sum game that essentially, no matter what you do, you're going to lose and it's helpless. But I just wanted your opinion. Is that really true? And what, what are some high-level things that organizations could look at the start to get ahead of these threats? Uh, you know, first off, if we are prepared, we will win. I think we need to look at things differently. I think we've taken a, a traditional approach to cybersecurity 
as as though we're we're trying to protect a physical object, but we're not. We're protecting zeros and ones. We're protecting data. And I think we need to look at things differently. We will get ahead of it. We will get ahead of it. And there's some very promising technologies uh, that are being developed or being deployed that are going to get ahead of this problem. Excellent. And, and one thing I always like to do is to make sure that all of us and the listeners are on the same page. So I know that ransomware is a term that everyone's familiar with, but I find now sometimes people aren't really clear of what it is and what the real issues are. So can you just explain sort of what is a ransomware attack and go through the steps so we can understand the exposures? Yeah, so ransomware ransomware is pretty complex, but in its simplest form, a ransomware attack is when the bad actor or the hacker reaches the data and they encrypt the data. Now, most people think this will never happen to them. Most people think that this is just stuff that you read about in the news. But until you ask the people that have actually been attacked, and we're all vulnerable, all of us are vulnerable. And until we're attacked, we don't really understand how bad this problem is. But what happens in ransomware is the attacker reaches your data, they encrypt your data, so it's completely unusable to you. And then they demand a ransom or a payment in order to unlock your data and give it back to you. This has been going on for decades, these types of attacks, but they're really, really starting to get, they're evolving in a way technically that really is troublesome for corporations. Now, when we look at these ransomware attacks, what are the main vulnerabilities or exposures that they're taking advantage of in an organization? You know, it's really easy for the attacker to get in through a phishing email. They send an email that has a tainted link, bypasses all of the systems. The user clicks on it. It brings them, it redirects them to a tainted website, and the ransom is then put onto their system. Uh, or it's in the payload. It's an attachment that comes through. So first off, really important to be aware and and don't just click on a link in an email or open an attachment in an email, uh, especially if you're not expecting to receive that. That's really the number one way that the, the bad guys are getting in. And then once they're in, they encrypt your data. Once they have access to it, you know, the, you're, you're out of control at that point. They're, they're completely in control at that point. And I think that's a great point you bring up because a lot of organizations, because they're talking about data on a server that gets encrypted when they talk about ransomware attack, they, they focus a lot of energy and effort on protecting the servers. But it sounds like from what you're saying, and I agree, that ransomware tends to be more of a client-based issue in terms of how the initial vector works. Is that true? Yeah, that's completely true. That's completely true. A lot of times it's, you know, we, we let our guard down and it's an employee that actually invites the ransomware to come into the company. Uh, and we can't, you know, we can't control that. And the reason why ransomware is such a problem is because they disguise these emails. It's just so easy for them to insert this into uh, an organization. You, you know, one of the things that um, recent matter that I was working on prior to joining Calamu was working with a company that um, an executive in the company received a phishing email and it was a newsletter and they decided they didn't want that newsletter. So they clicked on the unsubscribe link and that unsubscribe link was actually the ransomware. So, you know, they do, they're really deceitful, the bad guys and how they get into the system. And again, once they're in, all, you know, all, all bets are off. You've lost control at that point. And, and this is an area I joke that I wish we were on video because I am nodding my head profusely uh, in agreement with what you're saying. Uh, so, so now we sort of understand ransomware and the threats. L let's look at what the real exposure is. And one of the things I, I always say is sort of the difference 
between a major breach and a minor breach is not necessarily the systems that were compromised, but the amount of data. It's all about protecting and controlling your data. So when we start focusing a lot more on this data, this term next generation data protection involves, what is next generation data protection and what are some of the key steps organizations can do to protect their information? Yeah, so data protection is really important. Next generation data protection is is different, right? So traditionally, companies would put uh, firewalls in place. They would monitor activity on the network. They have intrusion detection systems that they put in place. Um, and they just kind of layer on the security to prevent the bad actor from getting to the data. And all those things are necessary. I think, I think all those things are important. But in next-gen data protection, we start with the premise that the bad actor has reached the data. So we're trying to protect the data literally at the data level, not the systems that the data is housed on. We, we need to protect the data assuming it's gone into the wrong hands. And how, and how do we do that? And that's what next generation data protection is all about. So, so let's just dig a little deeper in that. So I, I like that premise. So you're essentially saying you assume the systems or network is compromised. So what, what are a couple of the things that are incorporated or part of next generation data protection? Yeah. So with next generation data protection, if we assume the bad actor is at the data, we need the ability to do two things, two primary things. One is we need to make sure that the data is safe and can self-heal from an attack. So it should have the the quality where it completely self-heals and there's no ill effect or no downtime for the company. The second thing that we need to do is we need to remove the vulnerability that if the bad actor has stolen the data, that that data is useless to the hacker. Uh, and we could do that. And, and, you know, in ransomware, we are seeing this surge now in what's called a double extortion attack. And that is where the data is first stolen, and then it's encrypted. And then if the person of the company doesn't pay the ransom that's demanded, the bad actor will then threaten to release the data to the public. And that's what a double extortion attack is, and, and that's, you know, that's a, a big problem. So when we look at traditional cybersecurity, things like firewalls and backing up your data, those things are all necessary, but next-gen data protection takes it to the next step uh, in a way that those, those measures cannot. And with the double extortion, you bring up a great point because a lot of people, when they think ransomware, they're thinking about just making their data unusable to them. But what you're saying with the double extortion is there's actually a data exfiltration part where the attacker is also stealing that data. So how bad is data exfiltration today? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really bad problem. And it's, a, it's the fastest threat, the fastest growing threat that we have in all of cybersecurity. In fact, just in the last year, 83% of ransomware attacks now have this double extortion uh, uh, component to it, which is the exfiltration of the data. And, when the, and, and we're also seeing a tremendous increase in the amount that is paid in a ransomware attack because of this threat of the data being released, right? So you've got bad will, reputational damage. There could be a mandatory disclosure that you need to make depending upon what type of data is. But what, what we'll have to remember when we read about these data breaches, the real victim is not so much the company, it's the individual like you or me whose data w is contained within this data set that is now stolen. So it could be millions of people that are now at risk for a downstream attack. It could be identity theft or you know, any of a number of other things. But it's, it's really us 
that are the victims. And uh, that's why it's so important that we have to do the right things in place to try to prevent the data from being removed from the system. So I think we've laid out the problem very well and, and understand the threat. So, so let's sort of move to what can organizations do to protect against it? Can you sort of go through a couple of steps of what organizations should focus on or start doing to minimize this threat and impact to not only their data, but like you said, their customers? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think, unfortunately, the way I view it is most companies think that just backing up their data is all they need to do. And then if they're attacked, they can quickly restore their data. And look, I think backup and restore is important, but it doesn't do anything in a double extortion attack, right? So if the data is backed up, but it's stolen, the corporation has a big problem on their hands. So we have to look at next-gen data protection solutions, such as Calamoo, and this is, you know, this is what Calamoo does, that allows the data to completely self-heal from an attack and gives the bad guys nothing but digital sludge if they steal the data. So, I mean, think about that. Think about those two things. If we can self-heal from the attack and have zero downtime and the attacker gets nothing of value, you kind of just, we just survived right through that attack as if nothing has happened. So, you know, there are, there are next-gen data protection products such as Calamoo that allow this to occur. And it's really something I think that organizations need to strongly consider. Now, you mentioned a few times self-heal. And that might be a new term for some of our listeners. Can you sort of break down what exactly is self-healing? Yeah, self-healing is the ability to uh, have the data fix itself. So in a, in a typical ransomware attack where the attacker comes in and they encrypt the data, the user typically would be locked out or the company would be locked out of their own data. If we could detect that that has occurred and then give the ability to self-heal in real time, and I'm not talking about restoring from a backup, I'm talking about the data itself actually self-healing, then you know we don't have to worry about the attack. Business just goes on, users and applications continue to access the data as if nothing has happened because of the self-healing attribute. Now, maybe to help explain that a little better, could you give us a recent case study where uh, a client or organization got hit, but because they had this next generation data protection, they were able to actually uh, positively get through the attack? Let me reverse the question on you. Let me talk about, you know, there's so many examples in the news about companies that have been hit by ransomware. We all read about Colonial Pipeline. You know, we're reading about infrastructure. We're reading about uh, companies that suffer through an attack or can't get back online. There's one, one interesting one that happened recently. It was a company uh, called Quanta Computer. And Quanta Computer is a third-party supplier to Apple. They're a Chinese-based company, and they basically make components for Apple that we all have in our iPhones and iPads and, and what have you. And what happened was Quanta was attacked, and schematics that they had in their possession for unreleased Apple products was actually stolen. And the, the, the attacker group behind this is a group called Revel. And Revel is just a you know, bad, bad group of people that have attacked hundreds of companies. Uh, they're in the news all the time. And it's just a, a bad group. But they didn't go to Quanta Computer. They realized what they had was this very interesting schematics for unreleased Apple products. They actually went to Apple and they demanded $50 million from Apple. And they said to Apple, they said, if you don't pay us, we're going to release this information to the public. 
And Apple refused to pay, which I think is the right move. We don't want to pay the terrorists. And Revel did exactly what they said they would. They released these schematics. They published them to the internet. And kind of not a big deal was made about it. And, and I guess we didn't really know if they were real schematics or not. But after Apple publicly released the products, we went back and we looked and yeah, they had the right stuff. They had the right schematics, the right information. And they were just trying to, you know, make Apple pay for a vulnerability at one of their suppliers, Quantic Computer. So, so, so let's break that down. How would have next generation data protection have prevented or stopped that from occurring? So if Quantic Computer had installed a next gen solution such as Calamu, when they were attacked, no data would have been exfiltrated. Or I should say digital sludge would have been exfiltrated because the data was protected through next-gen data protection. So there would be no schematics, nothing usable uh, for the bad actors to publish. Apple would not be exposed. Quanta would not be exposed. There'd be no threat to have to pay a ransom. Just all of that goes away. Quanta would have suffered you know, nothing, no ill effect at all. They would be up and running. They would know that the data had been removed, but they would also be comfortable knowing that since the data was protected with next generation data protection, there's nothing for the bad actor to act on. So the whole incident basically would not have happened. And let's break that down a little further because it, that's a great example. But in that case, Apple was the one that was the victim that got hit with the ransomware. But what I find interesting with that story is even if Apple had next-gen data protection, it would not have stopped the attack because of a third party that had access. So how are companies or how should companies deal with third-party supply chain issues to make sure their data is protected? Because it sounds like even if you do the right thing, if your partners don't, you could still get into trouble. Yeah. I mean, I think, look, I think the whole world kind of needs to up their game and get to this next-gen data protection level. Everybody does. And what Apple could do is first, Apple should get next-gen data protection, but then they should demand that their suppliers also have next-gen data protection. And, you know, and it's an easy thing. It's an easy thing to turn on. It's not something that you need to change your infrastructure with. It's not something that you need to go out and remove different parts of your infrastructure. You just simply add it. And when you add that layer of protection, all of these problems just really, truly evaporate. And, and I want to pull on that string a little more. So is, is it really that simple that if I'm a company and I want to make sure my data is protected, that I just install software? Or are there other things that need to be done beforehand, like data discovery or asset inventory or, or other steps that somebody needs to take before they can roll out next-gen data protection? It's actually really easy. It's super easy. I mean, what what next-gen data protection rides on is a geo-dispersed virtual storage location. And at Calamu, we call that a data harbor. And a data harbor is comprised of multiple locations, multiple physical locations, but no single location has all of the data. It's kind of a, a unique way, kind of a, you know, a, a a really cool way to process data and make it completely protected from a ransomware attack or a double extortion type of attack. But it's really easy to deploy. I mean, it's just literally creating a geodispersed virtual data harbor and putting your, your data there. Simple. And just playing a little bit of devil's advocate is I know when I talk with a lot of our clients, they, they hear about these new solutions and as you know, some solutions are great and others sort of have false promises. So what would you say to a client that says, hey, what you're saying is sounds good, 
but this is brand new tech. How do we know that it really works? And how do we know that we should really sort of uh, bet our security on utilizing this approach? Yeah, I mean, look, it is, it's definitely a change of mindset. It is a, a different way of looking at protecting the data. And it does work. So it's not a little bit better or 50% better. It's 100% better. It, it's, it's, you're turning something on that removes the problem, not makes the problem not as severe. It removes the problem. So it is a different way of thinking about it. You know, people think that we're stuck, stuck in this mindset that if we put our data somewhere really safe and then we make a copy of it and put that somewhere really safe, that we're going to be okay. But the stats tell us differently, right? We're not, we're not really okay. So next-gen data protection really is the way to go. And it does work. And we, we meet with our clients and we sh explain it. We show it to them. We let them test it out. And they all kind of come to the same realization, this aha moment where they're like, wow, this really protects the data. So it's fun. We're having fun over here. So j just confirming that this is not sort of software that's still in the labs. This is being deployed at clients. I just want to confirm that you've actually deployed the software on clients. They got hit with ransomware and your software properly protected and secured against that. Can you maybe uh, extrapolate on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what it does, right? So once we're deployed into the enterprise or into an environment, if an attack occurs and it will, right, attacks will occur, um, the data is completely protected. So we know that the attack occurred, we monitor and log and we see that the attack has occurred, but there's no ill effect, there's no downtime, the data is completely protected, there's no disclosure that's necessary, nothing has been stolen, and the attacker has to just go to another target. So it's routine for us, it's something that we do for our customers every single day. Now, now looking in your crystal ball, I know one of the concerns in cyber is that the threats are always changing. So today we're dealing with ransomware, but a lot of my clients are always saying, but Eric, what are the threats of tomorrow that we need to worry about? And will next-gen data protection sort of secure against that? Can you sort of tell us where you think things are going over the next nine or 12 months and where next-gen data protection fits in? Yeah. Yep. So the problems are, are escalating and we've got things like quantum computer that we're all, you know, we've all heard of that can really break any encryption. So with next gen data protection, with this geodispersed data harbor, we're actually combining physical security and cybersecurity. So we're protecting on a lot of future events and a lot of future threats that are still being developed, right? So it's companies that don't kind of get up and, and up their game and get to next-gen data protection that are still going to be exposed. So there's, you know, a lot of companies are still going to be exposed. But once you kind of put this layer of protection in place, you make the data completely valueless to the bad guy and you eliminate downtime. So you, you, you don't suffer from the attack. And as, as these threats evolve and get worse, and they are getting worse, you're kind of a step ahead of the bad guys. So, you know, leaps, leaps and bounds in front of the bad guys with next-gen data protection. And that is always a good position to be in. Uh, as we start to wrap up, do you have any closing remarks or comments that you want to share on sort of the importance of next-gen data protection or the next steps that companies should take to protect against these new threats? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, first off, next-gen data protection works, and it's something that we all need to take seriously. Again, it is a change of mindset. Um, but with, with a company like Calamu or any next-gen data protection product uh, deployed, your, your data is safe. 
you're completely safe. So, and when an attack occurs and the attacks will continue to occur, the data would automatically self-heal. There's going to be no downtime. There's no threat of double extortion attack. There's nothing for the bad guy to steal or to have. There's a giant cost savings because there's no need to pay the ransom or repair the infrastructure. You know, some of these attacks, it could take weeks or months to recover from if they don't have the proper things in place. With next-gen data protection, there's zero downtime. So there's no lost productivity. There's nothing to recover from. It just self-heals and, and keeps moving forward. So definitely the best way, I think, in my opinion, to protect data uh, is with next-gen data protection. Now, and as you were saying that, the, the last thing I thought of was what I was hearing from clients when they implement cybersecurity solutions is show me the ROI, show me the return on investment. And in some cases, it's hard, but it sounds like with next-gen data protection, the ROI is pretty easy that if you could protect against one ransomware attack, the solution essentially pays for itself. Is that, is that sort of the way to look at the ROI in this case? I, I mean, I think the solution pays for itself way, way over. I and mean, if we look at um, Sophos did a uh, study, and I think in Q1 of 2022, Sophos said the average amount paid in a ransomware attack, this is in Q1 2022, was $812,000. So that's not the amount demanded, that's the amount paid. That's the work companies are actually, this is a board level discussion where they're actually paying that amount. With a next-gen data protection solution or, or a Calamu solution, it's a tiny fraction of what the cost is in going through just the ransom. Forget about all the, the inconvenience of being down and maybe you have to notify all of your customers that the data was breached. It's a tiny, tiny investment for a major increase in efficiency, productivity, and security. Paul, thank you so much for your great insights on today's topics. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've discussed today, make sure you head over to Calamoo.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our social EM360 Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head over to em360tech.com.